we're so glad you chose to join us today. Do you know that you are loved with an everlasting love? It's always been and has absolutely no end. God loved you before you were born, before you did anything right or wrong in your life. He loved you. There is a God-sized hole in each of us, a place that can only be satisfied by Jesus. Let him fill you with his love right now. In fact, can you just put your arms out with me right now and just receive his love. If you feel empty, let him fill you up today. Even when we are practicing social distancing from each other, Jesus is always near, wanting to pull you ever closer in his loving arms. So stand up, sit down, whatever posture you choose, but join us as we worship the one who loves us the most, Jesus. Surrendered 
Just how you 
Good morning, Redeemers Church. It's great to be here this morning. And I also want to extend a welcome to all of you who are watching throughout the city, the United States, and quite frankly, around the world. So we're just hoping today is going to be another extension in bringing you an encouraging word. Just a couple of things before I begin. I just want to clarify uh, that we will be continuing to do our services this exact way throughout the month of May. So we're going to adhere to the things that we're being asked to do through the state of Ohio and uh, President Trump and uh, do the things that we need to do to continue our to help our nation get healthy again. So through the month of May, we'll be continuing to bring you services in this way. The second thing I want to do is I want to make a great announcement. I'm so excited. Our good friend Betty Coolidge has finished her book and I just happened to get an advanced copy that I'm so excited to begin to read this coming week. And I want you to know that tomorrow we will be sending you information through the email on how you can order your copy in advance. The book will be out on May 8th. And we say a big congratulations to Betty on a job well done. And uh, God bless you. And we're looking forward to many, many people enjoying this great work. Now, we've been talking over the last several weeks about the things post-Easter that happened because of the cross. A couple weeks ago, I brought you a message where I said, because of the cross, we have an intimate opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I told you that because of the cross, we get to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the power that comes through that. And I also talked about because of the cross, we have an expectant hope. We have an enduring hope that we can hold fast to until Jesus comes again. Last week, Pastor Caleb preached a tremendous message on uh, the idea of having an enduring faith. And I love the point when he talks about how we need to remember the things that God has done for us. We normally have communion on the first Sunday of the month, but we're going to wait till next week and uh, do it on Mother's Day. And we're going to take that time next week to remember through communion, everything that Christ has done for us. Today, I would like to close this group of, of messages. And I want to entitle this message, Jesus Christ, the source of all life. You know, I was talking to a friend this week and he was making this comment. He said, Dwight, I've been listening to the way people have been talking since the beginning of this pandemic. And there's a different way that people are talking. They're talking like people who have found something for themselves, something that has uh, brought them to a personal, more personal relationship with Christ, something that has uh, that they've received that has strengthened them. They said that no longer uh, did they just have to rely on pastors to cook the food. They're cooking their own meals now. And I thought to myself, what an amazing thing to come out of this whole situation that people could find Jesus Christ, the source of life in an even more amazing way for themselves, because truth is Jesus is amazing and he is our source of life. So today I want to begin 
by reading from John chapter one. So you can begin to turn your Bibles there and let's begin by asking the Lord to come and fill this house. Father, we just thank you today for your goodness and for your glory. We thank you that you're just so amazing as our source. You're our source for everything, our provision, our protection, our inspiration, our joy and our laughter that comes each day of our lives. And so, Father, today, I pray that as we conclude our series on Because of the Cross, that we would come to understand in an even greater way that you, Jesus, are our source of life. You are our light and the light to the world. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. So today, I just want to share with you, uh, beginning in John chapter 1, just some exciting scripture that begins to paint the picture. When I say Jesus is the source of life, he's the creator, he's the author, he's the finisher. He's the one that is behind the scenes of everything that happens in us, to us, and through us. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be reading from uh, the Passion Translation at the beginning today. And in John chapter 1, it says this, in the very beginning, in the beginning of it all, it says the living expression was already there. The writer of the Passion Translation uses the term the living expression of who Jesus is. Jesus is the living expression. He goes on to write, and the living expression was with God, yet he was fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And through his creative inspiration, the living expression made all things. It's interesting here to note the writer in the Gospel of John makes it clear that Jesus was the creator of all things. And this living expression, as it says, made all things for nothing has existence apart from him. Now, listen to verse four. It says life came into being because of him and for his life is a light to all humanity. Now, it's interesting that they use the word light there. The word light means that uh, something is is being implied or revealed. Uh, and we see in the scripture text here that his life in us reveals all of the amazing things that Jesus wants to do in and through us. It reveals to us all of the things that we can have beyond the things that we just see with our natural life or can do with our own physical ability or the wisdom that we carry only in the limited knowledge that we have. You see, when the light of life enters your life, it opens up a pathway to things that are unimaginable, things that you couldn't even believe could occur. And so we see in the scripture here, it says that life came into being because of him. And because of him, life is still coming into being. It's still being created. It's still being formed. Purposes and directions and destinies are still being brought forward. And it's because of his life. And that life, the Bible says, is a light for all of humanity. Isn't it interesting in John 8, 12, that Jesus even calls himself the light. 
He says in John 8, 12, then Jesus said, I am the light to the world and those who will embrace me will experience a life giving light and they will never walk in the darkness. You know, it's amazing that when we embrace Jesus Christ as our personal savior, that we are embracing uh, something that's so amazing that it's so hard to even at times comprehend. But the truth is this, is that there is a pathway that we can walk, one of light and one of darkness. Now, all you have to do is uh, stumble around your house at about two in the morning to see that unless you turn on a light, you're going to trip up, you're going to fall, you're going to bump into things, you're going to bang your shins, you're going to stub your toes. And those things are painful. And we don't have to do that. All we need to do in the middle of the night is turn on a light and that light illuminates our pathway. Well, this is exactly what Jesus is saying in John 8, 12. He's saying, I am that light. And when you embrace the light, when you uh, allow me to, to come into your life, that I illuminate things for you that help you to avoid stumbling, to help you avoid the pitfalls, to walk with you in the midst of the trial so the trial doesn't have to deepen, that with me, even in the midst of trials, I can show you a, a light, a pathway. I can give you a wisdom, a knowledge. I can reveal things to you that will help you move into the place of the least resistance in your life. And that's what he is. He is that light. And in his life, that light came to all humanity. And because he is the light of the world, he helps us to live our life in a different way. This is what makes Jesus so amazing. And when I say that Jesus is the source of all life, well, he's what created life. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And, and then boom, all of the things that he created, there's such a creative power. There's such an amazing force in what, in who Jesus is and what he does. And, and his creative ability is so incredible. It's, it's something that as we begin to learn more about him, to draw near to him, to uh, 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 expand that personal relationship with him, we get to see that light illuminate things in ways that we have never experienced before. Now, here's what's interesting about the light. Here's what's interesting about this living expression that is talked about in John chapter one. That he's got a, a, a purpose for us. He's got a plan for us. He has a direction for our lives. And as we embrace him and get to know him, we know that his plan and purpose for our life is beyond what we could ever even imagine for our own selves. The Bible goes on to say in John chapter 10, using a lot of scriptures from the gospel of John today. In John chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, Jesus says this about himself also. He says, I am the gateway. In other words, that uh, a gateway is something that keeps something in or keeps something out. 
I have a gate in the back of my yard in my new house, and uh, it's a very large gate, and the gate has a lock on it. And the lock uh, is is on that gate to separate the farmer's field from from my uh, from my property. But if uh, I have permission, I can unlock that gate to go and to cut a little grass behind that field because the farmer has given me that kind of permission. See, Jesus is the gateway. What is he the gateway to? Well, he's the gateway to something that is beyond what we can apprehend or comprehend in, in our fleshly being. He is the gateway to things that uh, come from heavenly realms. The Bible says uh, that he is uh, uh, the one who provides the things and all the resources that we need. And I'm going to look at a scripture here uh, coming up in, in this message that kind of gives a little bit more of a revelation to that. But he says, I'm the gateway. And he says to enter through me is to experience life. Wow. You know, I'm 58 years old and I've got to experience a lot of life. And thankfully for the last 35 years, I've got to experience that life through the lens of Jesus. And it's a lot different than the life I used to experience before I knew Jesus Christ as my personal savior. But when I embraced Christ, I knew that he became my gateway. And as I pushed in and, and, and developed my relationship, I began to see that gate open and just so many incredible things in life has came because I have walked through the gateway that he has provided for me. He says, uh, again, to enter through me is to experience life. Until you ask Jesus Christ to become your personal savior, you're limited in the things that you're actually getting to experience in life. But by embracing Jesus Christ as uh, your personal savior, it says that you now have the opportunity through him to experience life in a greater way. The first thing he says is that we experience life, we experience a freedom and a satisfaction. Look, we are all searching in life for things to bring us some form of satisfaction. But we always find when we get that one thing that we think is going to make us the happiest, after a while, that happiness kind of wanes away. You know, that new car and once the new car smell wears off and the payments keep coming, you know, it doesn't bring you that same satisfaction as the first day that you pulled it off the lot. But listen, from day one with Jesus and as you begin to experience life with him, the new car smell never wears off. The things that Jesus bring to your life just keep getting better and better and better and more satisfying as they bring more freedom. Now, there's a, 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 a difference to what you can have with Christ and what the world tries to, to give you that seems satisfying. And as we continue to read on, he's talking now about a thief and that thief is, is Satan. And he said, this is what Satan's plan is. Mine is to be the light. And so that you can experience great life. 
But Satan has one thing in mind. It says a thief has one thing in mind. He wants to steal, to slaughter and to destroy. And Jesus said, that's not why I have come. That's not why I want to be the source of your life. He says, I want to be the source of your life because I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Listen, there's days in my life that I just have this sense or this feeling inside of me that something is living in me, leading me, that is so much bigger than me, that there's this satisfying thing deep into my spirit that it's just absolutely hard to explain. But I know it's the light of life, Jesus Christ living inside of me, helping me experience something that's even beyond what my emotions can comprehend. See, when is the last time that you've just felt so fulfilled that you had a hard time finding words to express the fulfillment that's inside of you? See, that's what the light of the world does. He does something so deep inside of us that it transitions us into a whole nother spectrum of life. Now, how can we... How can we find this light? How can we continue to grow in this light? How does Jesus reveal himself? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's, that's a great question. Because remember, we said that Jesus being the light, he's constantly revealing something to us. The Bible tells us this, that um, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says this, truth is, shine, is a shining light that guides me. And the truth that it's being talked about here is God's word. And God's word is what reveals just how amazing Jesus is as the source of all life. And it goes on to say this in Psalm 119, 105. This is an amazing thing. What does the light do? Well, it says truth. The shining light guides me in my choices and in my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my path clear. So isn't it interesting? Jesus is the light of our life and he tells us that he wants to give us a life and give it to us abundantly. And then he says that as you embrace the things that are inside of the word of God here, that light begins to become more clear. It becomes more illuminated and it becomes our guide. Jesus is that light that continues to guide us. Now, listen to me. It says that how does he guide us? He guides us in our choices and in our decisions. He says the revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. And so we had talked about how the light illuminates and, 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 and uh, separates us from darkness. Well, this is one of the pathways that we take when we embrace the word of God, we, begins, we begin to see that that shining light guides us. It protects us. It watches over us. It, it leads us and it uh, uh, illuminates our pathway. Now, the interesting thing about when God illuminates our pathway, there's just so many things in life that we get to be a part of that is separated from the normal sense of just being in life. And I'm gonna give you an example of that. I wanna give you an example. I'm going to 
talk to you about how Jesus, the light, when when he shines into our lives, he gives us an insight. He gives us a knowledge. He gives us a wisdom uh, for things that go beyond what we can naturally obtain. Now, let me try to explain that a little biblically. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Isn't that interesting? He's talking about in a natural sense that our eyes and our ears in the natural can't comprehend what is entering into the heart of man. It's a spiritual thing. And Jesus, when he becomes our guide, our light, the one that we follow, he imparts something so deep into us that there's a revelation that comes in through our spirits that brings us into a place that we can begin to know the things that only God can reveal to man. In verse 10, it goes on to say, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now, what does the light do for us in this situation? It says he has prepared something for us. Now, see, when what Jesus prepares, as we have learned, is going to be something that's amazing. It's going to be something that is is more than we could ever do for ourselves. Because remember, the light has come to give us life and that life he's came to give us is abundantly. And now this scripture says, no, not no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor entered into the hearts of man's the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But we know that Jesus is our source of life. And so what Jesus does is he prepares a way for us. The the word prepare there means to make ready. It means to make an arrangement. It means to prepare for a coming event. You see, when Jesus becomes your light of life, he is making ready something for you that's amazing. He's making arrangements for that. See, he, he's not just saying that something good's going to happen to you. No, he's, he's arranging it. He's preparing it. He's, he's getting it ready for you. That's what the light does. He begins to illuminate a pathway for you that prepares you to receive that amazing thing that he's going to do for us. He's giving us insight. He gives us wisdom. He gives us knowledge. Let me just give you just a little example of how that can play out. You know, in life, we have multiple decisions to make, and we see that he helps us to make those decisions in the scriptures that I've just read. You know, when you go in to purchase a car, you know, it's it's really a duel. It's a duel between the people who want to make more money and the person who wants to save more money. But see, we can go into those things with the wisdom of God, and he can lead us and prepare us for the decisions that we need to make. He can put something inside of our spirit that says, this isn't a good deal, walk away from it. When we go to buy a house or to refinance something or to do something in a personal sense for our lives, when we pray and say, Jesus, illuminate the pathway for us. When we say, Jesus, give us wisdom, 
When we say, Jesus, show us the light, then we begin to uh, receive the amazing things that God has set forth for us. He, he, there's something in us. He's already made the arrangement. He's already uh, prepared a coming event for us. And if he gives us life and life abundantly, then we're going to win in those situations because he's going to lead us to what is the very best for us. Sometimes God leads us into pathways and, and he brings us to a place in our spirit and he says no. And he says no to us because he's protecting us for what could be something that could damage the pathway that he has for our futures. He loves us that much. Now, I want to talk to you just briefly as I begin to wrap up the message here. I want to talk to you about how that looks. How does God give us wisdom and how does that wisdom transform us? When we look in the book of Genesis, we see the story of Joseph and uh, just a, a great uh, story of a man who had tremendous faith, received a dream and, and knew that God had a great destiny for his life. But I want to tell you, even though God gives you a dream, you get a prophetic word, you get a revelation to get to the place to where you go from the place where God shares that with you to the place that comes to pass. There's a lot of crazy things that can happen in between. But when we allow the light to lead us, we can stay focused on the fact that what he's going to bring us is going to be, as we said early, or it's going to bring us freedom and it's going to bring us an enduring joy. So Joseph had that dream that he was going to be this great man and uh, crazy things happened to him. Well, he got into a place to where he was imprisoned. His brothers threw him in a well. All these um, uh, things happened to his life, but he stayed focused knowing that the light was leading him. And folks, we've got to do that even today. Even in the midst of our trials, we have to know that when Jesus Christ is our source, that he's going to lead us and something good's going to come out of it. That's what Romans 8.28 is all about. It says that God turns around those things that look disordered or, or disjointed or looks like the things that come against us. And he turns around. The light brings something amazing even through our toughest challenges. The Bible says in Genesis 41, verses 25, beginning of verse 25, we see that Pharaoh, the, the leader of Egypt, had a dream and it troubled him. And he couldn't find anyone that could interpret his dreams. Well, Joseph had interpreted the dreams of a couple people who were imprisoned and these guys got out and they were close to the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh said, I need a voice. I need somebody with insight, with knowledge, with wisdom beyond what everybody in the earthly sense has. And these people said, we know a man, his name is Joseph. And, and Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. And this is what jo jo Joseph said. It said, Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams meant the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The 70 healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grain both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows come, came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east wind represents seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it. For God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. Wow. 
Isn't that amazing? God is revealing seven years in advance to what he wants to do or what's going to happen in Egypt. God revealed that to, to Pharaoh, somebody who didn't even, you know, basically uh, uh, pursue God. He still gave him a dream, a significant dream. He just needed somebody to interpret that dream. And there's where Joseph comes in. See, when the light lives in you, there's something different about you because that life brings great life. And so it says that uh, he goes on to say, but after the word, there'll be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of good years will be erased. Folks, don't let anyone erase the good memories of the years that, that we have. And don't let anyone cheat you out of what's ahead for us in the future because God has great things in store for all of us. As uh, for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and a wise man and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one fifth of all the crops during the seven good years. Have them gather all the food produced in the good years that are just ahead and bring it to Pharaoh's storehouse. Store it away and guard it so there will be food in the cities. That way there will be enough to eat when the seven years of famine come to the land of Egypt. Otherwise, this famine will destroy the land. Isn't it amazing that God sets forth in his wisdom, even plans for seven years in advance for us? Isn't it amazing that Pharaoh couldn't find anyone in all of Egypt to interpret this dream? And he had to turn to a person who believes in God who has great wisdom because of God and whose path has been illuminated even in the midst of the imprisonment, the darkness that his light has shown in Joseph's life. See, I want you to understand something that God is there at all times, that he's not just there in the good times, he's there in all times. And when you begin to develop that relationship, even when you're in a dark place, the light comes and shines in the midst of it. You know, we always say that phrase, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, one day we were in Switzerland and I didn't quite understand the significance of that until I got into a tunnel that was almost 21 miles long. I got about 12 miles into that. My heart started beating. I started breathing heavy. My palms were getting sweaty. I'm thinking, are we ever going to get out of this mountain? And I'm telling you, I was driving and, and it was almost as if I didn't want to be driving anymore. I wanted to pull over and let somebody else do it. But we got about to the 19th mile and I could see that something that looked like a pin of a light and, and I kept pressing in and driving as quite frankly, a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. But 
we got to the end of that 21, 25 mile tunnel and we finally came out to the other side. And what was on the other side of that 21 or 25 mile tunnel was the most amazing and beautiful scenery of the Alps. Things that I had never imagined could be that beautiful. And see, that's what Jesus is. He is the light that when you allow him to lead you, he shines in the midst of your darkness. And when your darkness dissipates, he begins to sh not only show you, but bring to you things that are incredible and extraordinary. Now, in the scripture, it goes on to say, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? who was obviously filled with the spirit of God. And then Joseph said, or Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of this dream to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You are the one who is going to be elevated to be over my courts. And as a matter of fact, it, he not only elevated him, but he brought him into a place to where he was the second in charge of the entire nation, just like his dream revealed to him before he went through all of those crazy times. Listen, let me just say this about Jesus and the revelation of the light that he is. When Jesus is shining in your life, he is setting things into motion. See, at the beginning of Joseph's dream, he set into motion the idea that multiple years later, no matter what Joseph had went through, that he was creating a pathway, a course for him to become second in charge of all of Egypt and the one with the wisdom to save the nation through the seven years of drought and come out with everyone fine, everyone healthy, and everyone able to eat because of the wisdom the light of God gave to Joseph in the midst of that time. Listen, folks, I want to encourage you today. It's because of the cross that Jesus became the light of the world and could be in the position to come to each believer. And as we embrace the light, we can walk through all kinds of situations in life knowing that that light is gonna ultimately lead us to the best outcome of everything that we do. Now, doesn't that just sound amazing that we could bring somebody inside of our lives to lead us and to guide us and to direct us? And that person would know more than we know, would love us more than we love ourselves, and to have a plan of already setting something forward for us that would bring us life and life abundantly. Listen, the things that Jesus brings are not just for the times that we're here on earth, but they're for the times that we can come to, to, to have an assurance that we can live with him forever. John chapter 14 says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I would have told you so. In other words, Jesus right now is preparing a place in, in, in our lives of eternity that we can live with him forever. You know, the Bible says that today, now is the time 
to make that choice. Now, today is the time to embrace Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And I just want to encourage you. And I just want to end this message by praying and asking, wouldn't you like to have a great light that shines into the darkness of this world? Wouldn't you like to have a leader who wants to lead you to the best possible